welcome to our triune pod where we prepare you to praise i'm the reverend nick comiskey and i'm the reverend ben dehart join us for a conversation about low-key theology lived experience and outlandish pop culture as we break down the collect of the day for the coming week we hope it's an inspiring maybe a bit irreverent but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some god time Welcome to another episode of our Triune Pod. Nick here. Ben, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. It's great to be still here in Raleigh. I'm about to go back to New York, get back to work, but uh, what a fun time it's been. Yeah, we're in an office. It's about 87 degrees in here. <laughs> Whoever runs this church needs to keep the AC on on the weekends, man. Suffering for the kingdom and suffering for you, listener. That's good, man. Well, speaking of suffering, I feel like we should bring our listeners in on an experience that happened this morning. Me and the Reverend Ben DeHart went on a little bike ride and you left some asphalt on the ground, my man. <laughs> So as many of you know, uh, I ride a Peloton and you have to clip into the Peloton, but it's very different clipping into a bike that's in motion. So I fell three times. Yeah. The first time was fine. The second time was on asphalt. Just, you know, a few banged up parts of my body. The third time I was going up a hill, meant to downshift, upshifted, fell flat in my side. I've got welts, but you know what? I'm, I'm here for it. You're good, man. I'm yeah. Unfortunately, the only photo I got of that ride was you peeing in the bushes, but uh, I didn't I didn't catch any live shots of that, but. 33 miles, guys. Don't act like you're not impressed. That's good. Yeah, it was, yo, you were, yeah, man, you rode great. So. Well, I mean, what do you want to hit? What, what's unrelated? Should we, should we get into, man? I, I hope we're not too late on this, but what do you make of this milk crate challenge? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even more, I mean, this is, uh, what, it's Friday. The week before at this point tiktok has banned because of all the all the injuries man yeah yeah so what are you thinking on this i mean <laughs> it's so when i was in high school i the um bam margera stuff was really popular so it was you know that te- television show jackass on mtv that was preceded by a series of skate videos that were called CKY, Can't Kill Yourself. So CKY, CKY2K. I don't think there was a CKY3, but it was basically this professional skateboarder named Bam Margera and all of his friends in suburban Pennsylvania just doing these like dumb stunts, like with, um, uh, like with what do you call it? Grocery carts. So like me and my friends were super into that. So I remember this, there's just one night, I'll never forget this. It was the first night of Thanksgiving break probably my junior year of high school. So we had this idea. There was this wooded area, a bunch of trees and a bunch of bushes at the base of the trees. And so we had this idea of like getting boogie boards and jumping off the tree into the bushes and as high as we could go. So at one point we were like 25 feet up into these trees, jumping off of them and then landing on the boogie boards in the bushes. All that goes to say is I have a lot of sympathy for people who like just to do funny stuff like that on video. Like I would do the milk crate challenge if it was put in front of me. How many times have you been to the hospital, Nick? Oh, I don't know. Ten? I mean, I think, I mean, I I was in the hospital all the time, but I don't think it's ten times. Wait, wait, what are you, hold on. You were in the hospital all the time? Like, for what? Like, do you you have, like, an eating disorder? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Uh, No, so any of you would struggle with eating disorders. (laughs) But, uh, no, I, I broke my wrist. I was on top of a 
you know, kids play house, watching the older kids play baseball, the house collapses. I'm the only kid of like the 10 of us who are on board who hits his wrist against Totally, the totally. I, uh, right after the Zamboni cleared the ice skating rink, I went out, fell right in the back of my head. Wow, world premiere of Zamboni on the pod. And then the worst injury, I actually had to stay overnight, and that was a rough one. And we're not going to talk about that one. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. Well, um, you know, as the as the good book says, God resists the proud. Um, we will be praying and discussing the collect for proper 18. And that's all to say I'm a better person for having had those injuries. Oh, yeah. Nice. A, little, a few risks, especially with this security craved life. Yeah, the generation wuss out there. Perfect segue for our ballot. All right. Uh, proper 18. Grant us, O oh Lord, to trust in you with all our hearts. For as you always resist the proud who confide in their own strength, so you never forsake those who make their boast of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, our ask is that we might trust in the Lord with our whole heart. And I don't know why, but for some reason that always gets me. It pierces me. I think mostly because I don't often trust the Lord or that's what I aspire to, but hearing that I don't take that as this law that is something that I'm not doing. And I feel bad about it. I actually feel like it's an invitation to stop leaning on my own strength uh, and put my trust in the author of creation who wants the best for me. So it obviously reminds me of Proverbs chapter three, that trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Uh, But I've also been reading the Pope's, and this is not Pope Francis, Pope Benedict's book on Jesus of Nazareth. And in the book, it's a great book. Check it out if you haven't. I'm not Roman Catholic. I'm not thinking about becoming Roman Catholic for all you who are worried. But this book is accessible, it's edifying, and it's devotional. And in the one chapter, which really connects to what we're talking about today, the Pope talks about how Jesus is a new Moses, not so much the lawgiver Moses, but the prophet Moses. And he says that throughout millennia, throughout human history, humans have always wanted to seize control of the future. Mm. And we, we oftentimes look to religion for this, right? I mean, today, right? You think of this as some ancient thing. We go to fortune tellers. We talk about astrology, all these things to try to get some kind of where am I headed? But what Pope Benedict says is that in Christianity, what's different about it is we're not looking for soothsayers. We are told to trust in the word of the Lord and to lean on that instead of trying to seize control of the future, instead of trying to seize control of our security. We are told to not be like King Saul, who, when the prophets weren't telling him if he'd win a battle or lose a battle, went to the witch of Endor and conjured up Mm. a spirit so that he might know what was going to happen. We are told, we are explicitly told as Christians not to do that. And I think the way we can appropriate that for us now is, uh, it's, it's so basic, right? We talk about faith, hope, and love, but... Oftentimes, I don't have much faith in my life that uh, despite everything, just trusting the Lord, that's not like an invitation to be stupid or reckless or whatever. 
But there's so much that's unknown, so much that I don't know that's ahead of me. And what I'm told is not to try to seize control of what I don't know, but to trust in the Lord who is for me anyway. Mm. Yeah. Do you, how familiar have you been with, I don't even know if I know enough about it to phrase it right, but with the the prayer of indifference or the spirituality of indifference. I feel like that's something I've been learning from you during this cast. Cause you said, uh, especially I guess we had, uh, the Reverend, right. Reverend Todd Hunter. He, he talked a little bit about this. Is that right? Ignatian spirituality. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I guess I've been learning about it or thinking about it because, well, because of some aspects of work, trying to find people for jobs, <laughs> but the, um, like the prayer of indifference is this notion of, I want to be indifferent to anything that is not, God's will. So it's a kind of an abandonment to providence in some ways, which is as if to say, like, I don't want to cl- like to what you, the reason why I was reminded of it is because of this notion, notion of trying to control the future and even calling upon God or the divine to secure your preferred future. The kind of the disposition of the prayer of indifference is much more like I want to hold open-handed my sense of what the future should look like and be be new, like dry, be in, be in neutral for anything other than that, you know? So whether it's good thing, good days or bad days, that's, that's a big part of like AA too, actually, uh, is that idea of, um, like abandoning our hopes or expectations for the future and allowing God to be God and to, in some ways, like dictate outcomes, you know, it's not, it, it, I can imagine people hearing this and make, that makes it seem like there's this passivity. And I don't necessarily think it's a passivity. Like I just let what happens happens, but there is just a, a recognition that, we cannot control the future. Then yeah. to trust in the Lord with all our hearts is in some ways to be indifferent to that, which we have no control over. Yeah. And oftentimes it's that, which I'm really all about, right? Like the mm. big home, the, the cool car, yeah. the, you know, having Netflix, HBO and Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually that reminds me of, uh, I used to see before COVID this uh, secular Jewish psychoanalyst, a uh, really cool guy, a really smart guy. And one time, here's this secular Jew saying, hey, Ben, I'm hearing a lot of what you're saying. Uh, and he didn't say this in kind of a, a way that was to get a rise out of me. But he just, he said, Ben, it sounds like you're worried about a lot of things. And a lot of these things, some of these things are rational. Some are irrational. Um, but it sounds like you just kind of need a little bit of what you preach about. Like you need mm-hmm. a little faith. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember being hit by that. And just when I read this collect about leaning our full weight on Christ, trusting in Christ with our whole hearts. And for some reason, when I read that in scripture, when I read that in this prayer, I know it's true. Maybe just because people have told me it's true, but I sense that it's true, but it's just so hard. I, you know, right after this podcast, I'm going to uh, you know, probably check out my 401k and how much am I putting away? And you, know, you do, I, you do actually do that a lot. I do, I <laughs> Listeners, I do want you to know Ben is always on his phone, moving money around, <laughs> Put money in Bitcoin, day trading, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, a lot of it for me really is fear for other people. It's, it's other things for me. It's, uh, you know, feeling like I need to be prepared but and all those things are good things, right? <laughs> it's a, probably a good idea to have some money put away when you retire. But at the same time, these good things can really get in the way of your walk with God. And not just your, like, your walk with God, but also just love for your neighbor. And I think it really can get you 
away from life, mm. life, which involves risks, life, which involves just going out and trust at times. And I feel like that's harder for some of us and other, others of us. And it's different for each of us, but yeah, this is just like getting back to basics kind of prayer. Mm, yeah. So what, so, I mean, yeah, a couple thoughts, you know, the, I, I feel like I make this point a lot, but it's, it's, it's worth underlining the kind of prepositional truth embedded in this prayer is that we do not trust in the Lord with all our hearts unaided. You know, the fact that we ask God to do that or for the grace to do that is a recognition that if you are just kind of moving through life under your own energy and momentum, you will in- inevitably fail to trust in the Lord with all your heart, because that's just not how we're, uh, that's not how we function, you know, with that, uh, with that genetic defect uh, to quote PZ from last, the, the last episode. Um, so what, but if someone were to ask, actually, this actually happened to me yesterday, <laughs> I was talking with a prisoner and there were, she was asking me about my, my kind of insistence that, there is a logic to the gospel and people should feel the force of the gospel's reasoning on their hearts. As if to say, God doesn't ask you to just step out on a ledge, like an Indiana Jones and hope that there's something there. Like God gives you reasons to believe that which he commands you to believe. But then she said, well, so how do you define faith? Hmm. Like, is there nothing then that's just not like clear as day? Like, what do you mean? It's not like this math problem that you just see the equations and think, oh, well, I inevitably have to believe that because it says it right there. So to put that question back to you, Ben, like, what does it look like in practice to trust, you know, all our hearts, that kind of universe totalizing language is difficult, but in a very meaningful way, what does it look like to trust in the Lord with most of your heart? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And sometimes I feel like I was, I was better at that when I was younger than I am now. Um, but I probably wasn't. What does it mean to trust in the Lord with your whole heart? Well, I don't know if this is, right or and maybe this is true some of the time but for someone like me i can create a lot of worst case scenarios mm. some of which are very possible so others of which you might laugh at me um, but i think faith really is contentment nonetheless despite anything whatever may come um and I, yeah, I don't know how to accomplish that, especially those of us who are prone to <laughs> a nervous episode. Catastrophizing, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's like, it's a, you begin again every single day. That doesn't mean it's not really helpful to, you know, check out devotionals like the, the Pope's book that like really has been Feeds blowing you. my mind for a couple of days. That doesn't mean you don't pray. I mean, we, we should be praying. I mean, that's where we get fed. Um, we get fed through our, our, our friends. And maybe that's like, you know, the beauty of, of confession on some level or having like a, you know, I'm not really that in this, but I think a spiritual director or something, <laughs> somebody who could be like, Hey, like, you know what, this is a pattern with you yeah. and realize like, well, what are you going to, what are you going to gain by worrying about this? Mm-hmm. Just kind of, I, I, I do think it's a lot of what's helpful a lot of times is our outside voices because you can get, on that hamster wheel in your mind and go around and around and around. And sometimes those outside voices, whether it be scripture or, you know, the spirit speaking to you through prayer or your friends being good counselors. Uh, I mean, you name it. I mean, that's, I think that's always 
what's really helped me is reading devotional edifying books, being told by my friends who I know care about me, like, Hey Ben, like you need to like chill out, mm. but in an, I love you kind of way. Mm. Uh, what about you? Anything? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've gotten into this rhythm, you know, I, for, there's like a three to four month period earlier this year where I had a very, very hard time sleeping. And I don't think it was reducible to, I was stressed out about X or this one thing. I think I just got into this like physical pattern of not sleeping well. And then the cycle kind of replicates itself over and over and over again. And um, anyway, sleeping better now, but I, um, I got it when I was really having a hard time sleeping. I would like, I got into this pattern, this habit of journaling at night, like as a way of kind of like thinking about the things that I might carry with me to sleep and trying to like get them on paper and distance myself from them through that. And I kind of, this is going to sound very pious and uh, out of character, but, um, I, <laughs> but I, uh, but I kind of got, I've got this habit of like later kind of with like quite literally write out like, okay, God, I'm not going to like kind of stop this prayer time, this journaling time until I kind of hear or sense a word from you to kind of set my heart at rest. And the word, it might be a very simple phrase, like, you know, like this is a little embarrassing to reveal this kind of intricacies of my own soul, but like, I got this, or I'm big enough for this, or like gratitude is your energy for this, or, you know, just like, but, but it's, the point is not that they're particularly profound truths, but I think, you know, I do believe in God, like dynamically, I, you do kind of sense like, okay, this is more than just my own creativity or agency. That's getting this phrase. Like, I'm not saying I'm hearing from God in a way that the biblical prophets did, but you, I do think there is some type of communication going on there. And it, I mean, cause I, I think faith and trust is not, I, I do I really believe it's not something that we generate within ourselves. It's like trying to defy gravity. We don't have the capacity to do it. And so to look to yourself, to try to defy gravity, you can flap your hands and your arms as fast as you can. You're never going to fly. And if you don't have God speaking to you or generating faith within you through a devotional medium or through prayer or through community, then it's just not going to happen. And I think for me, this kind of discipline of listening and journaling is like right now, the, the medium for that. It will probably change, you know, it's quickly, but I just think like, you gotta, gotta have something. You gotta have some reliable means of accessing the Lord. Not that the Lord is a static thing that we can access like gasoline, but it is, but I do think God gives us tools that for one reason or another just seem to be more reliable for us. And um, yeah, so I don't know. That's, that's where my head goes. Yeah. I think this is the time where I say all you we haven't been back to church since COVID started. It's time to get back. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you go to Calvary St. George's. <laughs> no, that's good, man. But uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I kind of, I was thinking about talking about the, you know, you, you always resist the proud confined in their own strength. We read in this collect. And I'm not really sure what that means. I mean, especially because uh, when I think of, you know, the, <laughs> the proud or the, the prideful, uh, I think of like people who I admire, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or whatever. Um, Wait, oh, you you deeply admire Jeff Bezos? <laughs> well, maybe so Bezos, but I mean, whether I, I'm not a hater. Uh, but yeah, what does it mean? Billionaire should not exist, Ben. <laughs> um, I, I probably wouldn't disagree, but uh, that's for another podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what do you think it means? Uh, the Lord, you know, never forsakes those who make their boast of his mercy but he always resists the proud who confide in their own strength. And I guess what comes to mind for me is like, maybe uh, God resisting us looks a little different than we think it does. I tend to think it's like, well, Jeff Bezos is a 
bajillionaire. Elon Musk has so much money. God is obviously not resisting them. But I mean, maybe like just because you have money and stuff and life looks like it might be good. Oh, I see what you're saying. Doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> that's like uh, we tend to equate blessing with abundance. Um, but maybe that's not true. Yeah, maybe no you way. You can man. be a Jeff Bezos and live in your own kind of hell despite the fact that that's what <laughs> everybody wants. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, my head goes to something more eschatological. Like there's this, like, there will be a reckoning mm-hmm. in a world that is as, as real as our world, but it's invisible to the naked eye. And um, it doesn't, it's not that making a lot of money leaves you more vulnerable to judgment. That is not what I'm trying to say. But I think in ways that we don't see, there will be this, I mean, I think this is very biblical. There will be a dramatic inversion. The last will be first and the first will be last. And so how, how we make our way through life in the 70 to 90 years that we are on this planet may not be the best picture of what our, uh, look, I'm not trying to say something about the fate of these people's souls. I'm just trying to say, I think the new Testament holds out a, a dramatic, surprising reckoning. And those who boast in the Lord's mercy, regardless of, frankly, any other human means of, um, of wow, what's the verb I'm looking for? Subscribing worth, like, do, does not matter. And but those who boast in God's mercy will not be forsaken on that day. Those who resist the Lord, um, will be. You know, God will resist them. But um, and I think that includes not just outsiders, like unbelievers. I think oh no, scriptures are clear that includes. Oh, I mean, I think that's what that's what I mean by surprising. Yeah. You know, the first will be last. Like that 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 wasn't referring to socioeconomics. That was referring to like the deeply pious. Um, so I think that, but that, and yeah, look, I think the New Testament is is much more eloquent in describing the paradise that awaits the people of God. Um, and so I, that's, I major on that, but I, but it, but it, but it, it's not silent on the, at least the specter of judgment for those who resist God's gracious invitation to life it summons to life. So I don't know, but I, 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 I don't want to know. And yeah. so I will make my boast in God's mercy now. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, I guess the last part I want to say is, yeah, I, 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 I do tend to think it's eschatological too, primarily. But I, I do kind of wonder if, uh, I mean, definitely in this book, the Pope talks a lot about uh, just people kind of living in their own hells, whether mm. it be because of lack of human connection or this or that. And I don't want to make light of poverty or anything like that. But I, I have noticed that sometimes the poorest Christians I meet uh, tend to be more joyful and more like, and they're actually trusting the Lord. They're thriving. They're thriving. <laughs> they're thriving. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I think I'll leave that as a question mark. I don't really know what that will look like. But all right. Well, after an 11-minute episode, we uh, we went a little longer this yeah, time. Yeah, we kind of, you know, opened up the uh, the belt and just let it let it rip. <laughs> you know, I, I meant like, you know, expand, like eat a lot of food. That, that's what I meant by that. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't communicate that well. <laughs> I'm, I'm just praying like no one is still listening at this point. So they make it 17 minutes tough. So we'll be all right. So here's the prayer. Grant us, O Lord, to trust in you with all our hearts. For as you always resist the proud, confide in their own strength, so you never forsake those who make their boast of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
How about that episode of our Triune Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite podcast.